In these bleak days, humanity is at a breaking point. Economies are tanking. The woke mob is canceling everything. And the little guy who's just trying to run a small business is getting screwed from both ends. But not all is lost. Amidst the chaos, two men offer up their voices in the darkness, dropping 2,000-pound laser-guided truth bombs on today's lunacy. Introducing the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham and L. Bradley Sheaf. If this is it, another oldie Huey Lewis in the news. You know, I used to see him, Brad, at Momo's before San Francisco Giants games. It was then Pac Bell Park, which I think is now Crypto Crash Park. But uh, could be top group, maybe top five group of all time. The news. What do you think? Uh, you know, I mean, that that's hard to say. Certainly in, in the top five better dressed groups. Every time I saw them, you know, they tended to be in, you know, little suits or sport coats or something. I think that was kind of their jam. So, I, I mean, if you're looking for sartorial splendor, probably top five. Uh, but you've got David Pridham and Brad Sheaf here. We're back. We mean business. Um, and, uh, of course, you can learn more about us on our website, ipfrequently.com. I want you to follow us on Instagram at IP underscore frequently, also on the Twitter. And of course, Brad, we start out the week with the big news items of the week. Um, And this week, you know, we're in the middle of summer. It is, I believe, the driest summer on record in certain parts of the world and other parts, it's not so dry. And there's so much news. Usually these are, you know, we're leading into the dog days in August. There is so much news to start from. I mean, you've got the great Brandeis, University. Brandeis University, of course, named after Louis Brandeis, the great uh, justice. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, and so this week, Brandeis University has come out with a new um, uh, compendium of uh, oppressive language that they have posted by its Prevention, Advocacy and Resource Center. Um, and, uh, so before we even get to the news items of the week, Brad, I thought it was appropriate for you to just go over with me because I've obviously been through a lot of this critical race training and I'm what I would report to be an expert in this. Mm. Um, but, but just so you can understand, there are some words you can no longer use on the program. And so those words include killing it, picnic, rule of thumb. Rule of thumb. And the reason I know about this, by the way, and I'll, I'll, I'll hit pause here is because I was playing tennis the other day with someone and I was saying how my thumb moved up the racket too much. And obviously you need to keep your thumb low on the racket, which I didn't know because I don't play tennis that much. But he said, you've got to keep the, the you know, the, the thumb lower on the racket. And he said, sort of a rule of thumb. And then he put his hand in his mouth and he said, I can't say that. And I said, well, why can't you say that? And he said, I can't say that because it's been banned by Brandeis. And so other words have been banned, prostitute, go off the reservation. And these are phrases too. you guys, freshmen, crazy, lame, victim, survivor, which would really throw a damper over our 80s pool, Mm. tribe, powwow, spirit animal, mentally ill, addict, homeless person, disabled person, immigrant, trigger warning, (laughs) take a stab at it, policeman, congressman, 
and insane. Uh, so Brad, um, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, they, obviously the good people at Brandeis have put this list together for our benefit, um, but uh, are, are you prepared to no longer have a picnic and to stay away from anyone who has got sort of a, a short fuse or a trigger? Oh, buddy, I was going to say it was insane, but that was the last word you said. And so I, it just sort of you know robbed me of my go-to description in this case. So now I'm going to have to think of another word. What, what I, I could, you know, unfortunately, this is just, I guess, a, a side effect of living in the world that we live in. I could actually reach for and find a reason why some of those words would no longer be acceptable to mm-hmm. folks like the leadership of Brandeis University. I mean, I, you know, five years ago, you would have read that list and I would have just looked at you and said, I have, I have no idea why any of those words would be words you wouldn't want to use because they're not, you know, four letter words. My mom would be fine with all of them. And she was a fairly stringent advocate for, you know, not using what she called, uh, you know, potty language. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but now I can actually say, well, yeah, you know, I mean, in this day and age, I can see where people might be offended, but you got me on picnic though, buddy. What what is wrong with a picnic? Are we offending the bears in Jellystone Park? What is wrong with picnic? Well, um, Brad, uh, funny you should ask. Uh, According to the oppressive language list, the word picnic has been associated with lynchings of African-Americans in the United States, during which white spectators were said to have watched while eating. A suggested alternative, which they give you. Now, in their defense, they're not just saying you can't eat have a picnic anymore just say rather use the phrase outdoor eating that just rolls off the tongue pal mm-hmm. i mean hey how, how you know you're you meet a, a nice young lady and you think it would be a romantic date and you just say hey how about we do some outdoor eating you and i you know let's just pack up an outdoor eating basket find a nice place to do some outdoor eating and we'll outdoor eat it's just what is wrong with these people? So <laughs> what about rule of thumb? Is that another well, one? You're well, I, well, I mean, I think I know where you're going to go with that one because I've actually heard this before. The, the rule of thumb is related to, you know, some, you know, historical tradition where at one point in time it was legal in certain places to beat your wife with a stick, no bigger around than your thumb and so that was sort of the rule of thumb was, you know, does this stick match the rule? And if so, you can whack your wife with it. So if that's where you're going with that, that one I've actually heard. So that was one of the ones I was going to say, well, I could, you know, kind of see how you could get there. Although, again, the, the incredibly odd thing about all of this is that you sort of create the problem by creating this list, right? There is no one on earth other than the folks at Brandeis who could have told you that somehow the expression picnic was related to a lynching, right? Until Brandeis comes out with this list and now you have the burden of knowledge and now, you know, everybody is going to think, wow, I mean, I guess, you know, I can't have a picnic. So, I mean, you're, all these folks are doing is creating opportunities for consternation by drawing up these lists and eventually, you know, we're just going to have to recreate the English language because I'm sure that like picnic, every word in the English language has been used at one point in time or another 
by someone who is an a-hole for a reason that is inappropriate. And so if that's your rule, has this word ever been used by an a-hole for something that is wrong, then you're just going to have to throw out the entire dictionary and we're just going to, you know, have, I don't know, look at each other and use like a blink code like they did in Vietnam. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting is Brandeis with room and board for someone who's paying the full boat is almost $90,000 a year. And, you know, the first one of the first things you're handed probably right after that monkeypox flowchart is this oppressive language list and you're told to conform. And uh, and and, and so it's kind of ironic, sort of. that the first thing they, they try to do is censor speech. And to me, it seems like uh, there, there are certain things you can certainly appreciate being censored, right? Racially insensitive words that have been used. Yeah, you know, there, there are a bunch of them, uh, sexual words that shouldn't be used. But, um, you know, the, these, these the, we're getting more and more picky and it's becoming more and more of a woke tradition to try to censor speech and and one of the reasons we wanted to start with this was was because you know the the crazier it gets and again i don't want to use that word because it's on the list the yeah. more insane it, i can't use that word either we, we should play a game and see how many segments we can get through without using any of these any of these uh terms but oh, buddy for the folks listening it's the world's best drinking game right just listen to the rest of the podcast and anytime we use a word that is unacceptable at Brandeis, the home of the restriction of free speech, you can, you know, take a drink. Yeah. And then at the end, you want to have a powwow with your friend. Oh, wait oh, a minute. I did it oh, again. Oh, oh, <laughs> that's one of the rules of thumb of this game. Oh. Anyway, it is um, disturbing. Apparently, you can't say survivor anymore. You can't oh. kill it. Kill it. Yeah, they're killing it. Homeless oh. person. <laughs> I mean, I, if you watch some of these hearings that are going on, about the Roe v. Wade decision, it's insane. It is crazy. You have these uh, college professors who are getting up there testifying and just in the most condescending way, refusing to say that women get pregnant. It's women that get pregnant. And that is offensive. And they're, they're telling senators that to who are asking these loaded questions because they want to obviously trigger a response. They're refusing to say that it's women who get pregnant and and it's just we're we're so we're so concerned with political correctness and adjusting people's paradigms that we refuse to talk about what the reality is and as we do that i guess we drift more and more into the metaverse oh buddy i i I don't just look at a newspaper photo of protesters on the dobbs decision and you won't have to look long before you see someone who is beside themselves because of the damage that's being done to women's rights, right? You will see that on a sign, you know, women's rights, this women's rights, that, right? Well, wait a minute. We're not, I guess women don't get pregnant. So if, if it's not women who have an issue with the Dobbs ruling, then I guess we're not impacting women's rights. And if we don't know what a woman is, then that expression is just a non sequitur. Like that, the, there are no women's rights because we don't know what a woman is finally uh brad uh the uh, list is out of the greatest cities in the world and you'll be happy to know that your hometown chicago is uh number two this year behind edinburgh they're probably counting bullets when they um when what? they pile this is what's the standard so Chicago's the number one city in the world is edinburgh which i mean okay fine it's a fine town wow 
what is what are the criteria? Number number three, Brad. You want to guess what number three is behind I, I, uh, Chicago? I don't know what Chicago and Edinburgh have in common, so I can't even begin to guess what number three. Medellin, Colombia is number three. Are these? I would tell you that these are the places most likely for you to be killed. Except I don't think that's true of Edinburgh. Well, I'm I'm just telling you this is Mumbai number fourteen. I mean, this Mumbai is very, number fourteen a bit ahead of New York, which is number twenty. And uh, so Medellin uh, comes in well before any U.S. city other than uh, Chicago. Yeah, I'm not I'm not exactly sure what the criteria or standard or reasonableness of that list is. I don't know why Edinburgh would be number one on any given. It's a fine town, but I don't know why it would be number one on any given list. And then to make Chicago too really throws you off. And then uh, Medellin, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, I can't get all three of those to tie together in, in my head. Yeah. Well, listen, um, giving everyone a lot to digest here. So next, Brad, of course, a couple of weeks ago, we brought uh, people the great PSA from the CDC about the monkey pox. We talked about that in the first segment. Um, and uh, not to be outdone, not to be outdone. I give you the New York City Emergency Management Department, which obviously has a lot of freaking time on their hands because they have now released a 90-second PSA for what people in New York City should do in case of a Russian nuclear attack. Um, and uh, look, this is this is this is common sense. This is stuff that uh, uh, everybody um, can appreciate. We can all. Uh, we all need to know because we're not as well versed in these things as our parents are because they were hiding under their desks in the fifties, uh, um, what to do, but they give you some great tips, Brad, including get inside fast, right? Um, uh, move away from windows, shut doors and windows, go to the middle of the room. Um, officials will send wireless emergency alerts when available, <laughs> when available. And then of course, the mother of all tips in case of a nuclear attack, keep radioactive dust away from you. Now, Brad, you're a military man. You served uh, our country on a number of different fronts. Uh, all of this seems like sound advice that could help someone survive a, a full throttle nuclear attack. Uh, what say you? Buddy, I, I, I used to think that the stewardesses on an airline you can't say that anymore either. I'm sorry. The flight attendants uh, on an airline. Uh, you know, had to just be, you know, laughing to themselves when they said, hey, you know, if the if the aircraft is going to hurtle into the earth at hundreds of miles an hour, we would like you to, you know, put your head between your legs and, you know, sort of brace yourself for impact. Right. I mean, that is just the dumbest thing. And so I used to think that it was, in fact, the dumbest thing. But it turns out it's not. It turns out that the dumbest thing is New, New York's emergency, what, who are these people, buddy? The emergency what? Emergency Management Department in New York, New York City, who must right. have, I mean, there must be nothing going on there. Unlimited budget. Yeah, to say, well, okay, let's, let's be concerned that the Russians might attack. The Russians are a bit busy. They're, they're getting their ass handed to them by a country that most people couldn't point to on a map a year ago. So they're a bit preoccupied, but let's let's assume they find an extra five minutes in their schedule and they're going to attack the United States. And so, of course, they're going to attack New York City because 
why wouldn't you? I mean, if you're going to attack the U.S., you would go there first. It's, and if you live in New York, you, you certainly think that's true. You think you live at the epicenter of everything. And that they're not only going to find the time to do that, they're going to find the time to do it in a nuclear fashion. Right? So the, the Ruskies are going to nuke New York. And the mere fact that you think that could happen, and then you think there might be steps that you could take as an individual to help yourself survive that is the dumbest thing. And then you take it to the next level and say, oh, by the way, if you, if you happen to survive the unbelievable force of the impact, the shock wave that's going to level buildings, the thermonuclear heat that's going to melt those same buildings, that simply, if you're lucky, going to leave your shadow on a wall as you are, are literally disintegrated by the force of this explosion. If you happen to survive all of that, rush inside and do what you can to keep the radioactive dust off yourself. Now, the regular dust is fine. You can roll yeah. around in that all day long. The, the, the regular good old God bless America dust that's under your it's, bed. It's okay. That's fine. Yeah. Right. But the radioactive dust you need to keep off yourself. And, and, you know, to just kind of put a bow on the PSA, the way you tell if it's radioactive is you turn off all the lights and any dust that is glowing is the dust you want to stay away from. Any dust that is not glowing is fine. You can, and, and basically what I'm just telling you here, buddy, is a radioactive dust rule of thumb. And so uh, while it would be insane to normally worry about these things, if you're the New York Emergency Management Department, you're killing it. I mean, you're yep. just killing it with this PSA. Yep. Well, listen, I, uh, I, I take a little bit of a different view on this. Uh, it may be insane, um, but uh, oh, sorry, um, but uh, people need to know, right? Move to the center of the building. Have shampoo handy. Uh, wait, <laughs> wait for Bill De Blasio to tell you what to do next. I mean, these are important tips, and everyone should follow them. But Brad, we have to move on. We've got the Biden report next. This week, we decided to focus on the good doctor, Jill Biden. Jill Biden, of course, I believe has her PhD from an online university and taught a couple of Shakespeare seminars at the University of Delaware uh, at Dover. Uh, this week, uh, there are a bunch of things to talk about this week. To start with, um, giving a speech in San Antonio, which I believe is in the great state of Texas. Um, she uh, was referring to a uh, an individual who helped uh, build a civil rights organization there, a Hispanic individual. And she said um, that um, this, uh, uh, this person uh, has built, and I'm paraphrasing here, a, uh, a great organization within the San Antonio community. It's as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio, uh, comparing, uh, obviously, Latinos to um, breakfast tacos. That immediately led to a, um, <laughs> an attack on the First Lady, including uh, a Latin community organization releasing a statement titled, We Are Not Breakfast Tacos. Um, and so she is uh, obviously under fire for that. In, in addition, um, uh, we also have this whole Hunter Biden thing going on. Brad Hunter Biden, of course, has uh, you know, a businessman, businessman. Uh, yeah. Just trying to get, get wet to his that. beak. He's trying to get wet to his that. beak. <clears throat> um, anyway, he his uh, his voicemails are <laughs> his uh, his voicemails and texts are are starting to come out more and more. Surprise, surprise! That happens, I guess, when you're addicted to crack cocaine. Um, this week, texts came out where he called Doctor Jill Biden a quote vindictive 
moron and uh, also said, quote, F forward, my stepmother, for always being as much of a selfish, silly, entitled C-word as you can imagine, calling her the C-word on several occasions in the texts. So it, uh, it seems like um, Dr. Jill Biden has had a rough week, Brad. Well, yeah, <laughs> again, she clearly needs to get herself to Brandeis University, right, and clean up her language a little bit. She's using uh, what anyone would suspect would be unreasonable terms. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not sure that at any point in American history it made a lot of sense to refer to the Latino or Hispanic community as being a bunch of tacos. Uh, you would have thought that someone is focused on political correctness as the first lady of this particular administration might have given some thought to that before throwing that line out there. But again, you never know. People make mistakes and she's got Brandeis University behind her. She can, you know, head on up there. They'll square her away. And, you know, Hunter Biden, he just may be the most reprehensible person currently walking the planet, right? I mean, when you, when you just look into a little bit of his history, there is... To my knowledge, nothing redeeming there. Now, having said that, it doesn't necessarily make him out of hand wrong in all of his judgments. No, no. I mean, that's that's exactly right. And listen, one thing I'll say to, 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 to folks is um, it's difficult to take this Biden segment and not focus on Joe Biden in a week when he held a gun safety rally and told one of the Parkland parents who was advocating gun reform to sit down at the top of his lungs and then had him thrown out of the uh, of the press conference because he was questioning the president on why he hasn't done more faster. It's very tough for that uh, for that uh, to happen. But Jill Biden has had quite a week. Now, the good news is the good news is Jill Biden is getting her revenge, so to speak. Uh, I give you retired three-star army general, uh, army general who uh, his name is Gary Valesky. Uh, Gary Valesky responded to Jill Biden's tweet that said, for nearly 50 years, women have had our right to make our own decisions about our bodies. Today, that right was stolen from us. Gary Valesky, three-star army general, said, glad to see you finally know what a woman is. In response for that tweet, and again, he's retired, he was immediately suspended from his role as a uh, 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 an employee at the Combined Arms Center uh, in, uh, I believe it's in Maryland, where uh, he was a senior mentor. Uh, and he is now he has now been suspended uh, by this organization, which I believe is uh, closely attached to the government, Keat. And uh, and now it looks like Gary Valesky is uh, on the short end of the stick uh, <clears throat> because uh, as a rule of thumb, uh, Jill Biden had a uh, tough week. Yeah, uh, but I, it, I, they should again. Yeah, I say this almost every week. They should just keep it up. Right. I mean, the, the progressives should keep it up. I mean, the, the 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 double standard that we have achieved in this country where you can have on the one hand, you know, if you're a progressive, you can say anything you want. Right. You can advocate for violence against sitting justices of the Supreme Court. That's fine. I mean, there was a, you know, a story that came out this week where I saw where, you know, Twitter, who literally shuts everybody down that is, you know, an inch to the right of AOC, 
this group, I can't remember the name of the group, some group in DC is offering bounties for information as to where the six folks who voted, uh, you know, in, to affirm the Dobbs decision it is literally offering cash bounties for information as to where they may be having dinner or with their families. And Twitter's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we don't see a problem with that. Is that a problem? And then you've got this poor bastard who, you know, served his country probably, I'm going to guess he was a three-star general for somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 years. And is just fed up, as many are, with the fact that I, I, I'm sure in that period of time and over the course of U.S. history in 30 years, I'm sure he lost guys that were very close to him, colleagues and, you know, suffered through a great deal in the service of his country. And he's just sick of people saying, well, I don't know what a woman is. I mean, how are you supposed to tell what a woman is? And so he pops off in a tweet and now he's fired. Right? I mean, that's just, you know, that's the way that goes. You can put a bounty on a Supreme Court justice. That's fine. You say anything running afoul of what a woman who just called Hispanics tacos says, and that's not fine. I'm telling you, buddy, life is just no picnic anymore. <clears throat> Well, listen, um, let's go on to something a little more pleasant. RIP report this week. Of course, this is the week Polly Walnuts from The Sopranos passed away, but uh, bigger fish to fry. <clears throat> um, we've got uh, two people that left us this week. Of course, James Kahn, uh, known uh, throughout the globe as Santino Corleone, mm-hmm. uh, passed away this week in his 80s. He, of course, was the uh, famous actor from Brian's song, Thunder, Thunderball, Rollerball, Thunderball, Thunderball? Rollerball. Uh, it got to be Rollerball because Rollerball. Thunderball was a Bond flick. I don't think dun, dun, Whatever it was. And, and then he, uh, of course, uh, had a period of about 15, 20 years where he focused more on doing cocaine and uh, living in the Playboy Mansion and then came back uh, and uh, continued to uh, to act. I think the role of Sonny Corleone is one of the greatest uh, portrayed roles of all time in cinematic history and one of the great tough guys. And the best James Conn story uh, of all is is where uh, the guy who played Carlo in The Godfather was a real life gangster. Gianni Russo apparently had a scene with Talia Shire, who played Connie Corleone, and it was a scene where he was beating her up. A famous scene in The Godfather, and I guess a couple of times he actually hit her during the scene, acting in the scene, and, and unknown whether he meant it or not. But there was a subsequent film scene, and James Conn learned about this. Uh, and there was a subsequent film scene where James Kahn was um, uh, supposed to beat up Carlo before he was killed on the causeway. Kahn, that is. And uh, and in that in that scene, Kahn learned about what he had done to Talia Shire, who also played Rocky Balboa's wife and uh, and and apparently beat the living crap out of Gianni <laughs> Russo. So when you see that scene where he's beating him in the street and kicking him in the uh in the ribs apparently broke a couple of his ribs and his wrist uh and uh and delivered the beating of a lifetime even though it was uh um you know not supposed to be that way but it gives a new uh meaning to the term method acting indeed yeah no i mean Khan was you know obviously neither you nor i know knew him personally but he did seem to be a guy you didn't want to necessarily trifle with you know very close to being unhinged and uh And the only actor, to my knowledge, ever killed on a causeway. Also, Brad, uh, more tragic news this week. Um, The more information is coming out about the assassination of former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. The report is out. The police have admitted 
that security failed by allowing the assassin to get right behind Shinzo Abe with a makeshift gun and pull the trigger. Uh, so that's good. There's a little bit of um, you know, a little bit of news there, Brad. It seems like you shouldn't let someone get right behind a, uh, a, a person you're protecting uh, with a gun pointed at them and pull the trigger. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know where that falls in the bodyguards handbook as to, you know, whether how close you let someone who is carrying a gun roughly the size of a bazooka on a strap suspended from their shoulder in plain sight and whether or not you let them sort of sidle in between you and the person you're nominally protecting. Mm -hmm. But it's got to be like, I would think, in chapters one through three somewhere, and certainly you can find it in the index it should be eye-opening for folks who are looking to manage violent, you know, insane uh, behavior by people, right? I mean, yes, if you can manage the weapons that they use to inflict harm, you should do that. Nobody's arguing that. But in the, the country that has the most restrictive gun laws on earth, this guy shoots the former prime minister with a, wait for it, gun. Mm -hmm. that he manufactured because that's what he wanted to do, right? If someone wants to create an implement by which they can cause harm or death, they're going to do it, right? The solution is not to, to I mean, what are they going to do in Japan now? I mean, ban shoulder straps because they happen to get used in, a, in, in an assassination? <clears throat> you got to fix the problem. And the problem is that we have lost our way as a culture. We, we don't have a moral compass anymore. It, you can't tell what's right. Not only can we not tell kids in school anymore what's right or wrong, you can't tell them what's a man or a woman. Yeah, I mean, buddy, it's what do you expect? I am surprised we could even conduct this segment because the words "killing it" can't be used. Uh, yeah, we have to use "great job" or "awesome." So they want us to praise this killer. Um, take a shot at, pull the trigger, take a stab at. Those are all banned. Give it a go. Um, because these expressions needlessly use imagery of hurting someone or something, even though we're trying to describe someone taking a shot at the Japanese prime minister. But we can't say that, Brad. So instead of that, the good folks at Brandeis would say, go ahead and give it a go. Uh, next, Brad, uh, big, uh, you know, we'd like to report on all of the environmental um, uh, issues that are uh, impacting this country. Of course, our president has told us it's an existential threat, whatever that means. Uh, the city of Seattle has uh, ha has commissioned a study that has shown that it could be engulfed by a tsunami with waves up to 50, uh, 42 feet uh, high within three minutes if a 7.5 uh, magnitude earthquake hits the fault line off the Seattle coast. Uh, this has been simulated, Brad. This is not something that's speculated. Full simulation, full throttle. Um, and the geologists with the Washington State Department of Natural Resources have created these simulations. They, for, they, these 42-foot high waves would slam into downtown Seattle within three minutes, destroying the town, the port of Tacoma, the airport, Brad, would be destroyed. Um, uh, thoughts on this? Well, go inside, move to the middle of the room, make sure that you have shampoo, and you know, just listen for the wireless alerts that the you know leadership of Seattle will put out when they can. Uh, you know, I mean, good advice is good advice, my buddy. Again, life's no picnic. Oh, <clears throat> ah, geez, I did it again.
Next, Brad, travel tips. Of course, we have a lot of folks who are traveling this summer. You and I are uh, uh, traveling all over the place, uh, coast to coast, pillar to post. Um, and we like to give folks travel tips that can help them, help mm-hmm. them. And so uh, this week, I give you Monica Gilliam, who uh, 39, she is a, um, a mother, a single mother. And uh, she, uh, I guess her, her daughter was flying on American Airlines, uh, 12-year-old daughter, uh, from Chattanooga to Miami, going back home to see her mother. Uh, her mother had paid, uh, I guess, $150, including in addition to the ticket, to have an American Airlines stewardess uh, or gate attendant chaperone her from the plane uh, that uh, landed Miami to the gate uh, so that the mother could retrieve her. Uh, unfortunately, Brad, uh, when uh, the... Uh, uh, girl got off the plane. Uh, she was not escorted anywhere. Uh, she ended up wandering around the Miami airport for eight hours. The mother, of course, was not allowed uh, allowed in. Um, but it seems like a rule of thumb, uh, sorry, a first principle that you could uh, uh, probably deploy in uh, studying whether or not to travel via the airlines is to buy a Sprinter van and do it your damn self. Yeah, but you are definitely leading the nation there. But, but I, I, you pay the extra fee, right? I mean, the airlines just have you. It's it's effectively a monopoly. If you want to go from city A to city B, certain airlines own those gates in those airports. You got to pick them. It doesn't really matter which airline you pick. They don't care anymore. They just don't. I'm convinced that all of these cancellations that they attribute to somehow not having enough pilots. I mean, a month ago, they had plenty of pilots, no problem at all. Gas prices skyrocket. They can't make a profit by flying certain routes. And suddenly there's there's just not enough pilots. I'm just not buying it. And now you pay the extra fee for them to 150 bucks, buddy. It's exorbitant that that's the fee to simply ensure that your underage child is moved from one place to another place. You pay that fee okay, and the kid's just wandering around the airport for eight hours. No one from American Airlines cares. The mother who had to be frantic. I mean, you and I are both parents. I mean, imagine if you're, you know, waiting at the you know, baggage claim area or wherever they said you could meet your kid and your kid doesn't show up. And then you go to the counter and you're like, hey, uh, you know, my, my child just flew in on flight, you know, 2727 that arrived 15 minutes ago. Where are they? And, the, you know, you've waited in line for 30 minutes to get there. And the person looks at you and goes, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, are you sure they're not there? Are you sure you don't have them? And, and now you're like, well, no, I, you know, I don't have my, you know, can I go in? Can I, no, 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 I'm sorry. That would be a security risk if we let this, you know, distraught parent in to find their child. Certainly not a security risk to have a 12-year-old wandering around the Miami airport for eight hours. That's fine. And, th- and then you wonder why you know, we can't seem to make wise decisions and control the way that we view the world, that we can have a reasonable culture when you've got a security apparatus that loses the child, but prevents the parent from finding them. Yeah. Well, listen, it's not as if the Miami airport is difficult to navigate. I mean, it's only like five miles long, just one big long terminal. And it's one of the hubs of uh, child trafficking in the, uh, in the world, but you know, it's, I'm sure yeah, it's what fine. could possibly go wrong. Listen, the folks at American um, don't don't portray this child as a victim. <clears throat> no, um, it's, a, it's it's the American Airlines employees that are clearly the victims here. I mean, <clears throat> their names are being besmirched. 
um, you know, they, they, you know, it's not their fault. It can't be their fault. I mean, you know, 12 year olds are crafty. Yeah. Listen, and with everything going on right now, it's very Brad, hard to communicate. Brad being vague about important issues, risks, miscommunication, and can also avoid accountability, Brad. Yeah. Well, there you go. Next, Brad, I give you the obvious, um, uh, offshoot of, uh, uh, the, the big Roe v. Wade decision uh, last week, uh, a couple of weeks ago, the Dobbs uh, decision overturning Roe v. Wade. Uh, we now have the natural offshoot of uh, that. Brandy Batone, uh, no relation to Tom, our money manager is doing so well these days. So proud of the fact that he ignored uh, cries to move funds out of the high tech industry earlier this year. Um, uh, Brandy Batone, 34 years old from uh, uh, Texas, pregnant has gone to court, uh, Brad, because she has been given a ticket for driving in a uh, an HOV lane solo, right? No other person in the car, in the passenger seat on June 29th. She was pulled over. She was given a $200 ticket. She is now prepared to try the fact that uh, HOV should also apply to a fetus. And so this is sort of the mirror image of the Dobbs case, Brad. What do you think here? Do you think this whole, uh, this whole uh, thing makes sense? Does it hold water? I'm not sure you can say that when you're talking about a pregnant woman, you know, the whole water thing is, you know, personal <clears throat> and is part of a, uh, a, a child birthing person's rights. A little more uh, color here. Um, she uh, was pulled over. The cop asked if she had a passenger with her and she pointed to her stomach and said, my baby girl is right there. She's a person. Uh, he said, oh, no, it's going to be two people outside of the body. Uh, to which uh, she kind of got upset and uh, she referred to the overturning of Roe v. Wade, in particular Sam Alito's majority opinion. Um, uh, she said, so I don't see why you're not seeing that. The police officer responded by saying, quote, I don't want to deal with this, ma'am. Uh, it means two persons outside the body. So uh, uh, interesting goings on. And, and, and I don't know, and I, Brad, I'll have to go back and look, but this is something that may have been uh, dealt with um, in, uh, in, in terms of uh, the Alito opinion. Do you remember anything about HOV travel uh, being I, covered there? Maybe fundamental right, interstate commerce? Interstate I, I, think commerce it's, I think it falls under the penumbra of the Alito decision is, is you know, the use of the fetus for HOV travel. But, buddy, I, I am just simply not prepared to take a stand one way or the other on any issue of consequence until I have heard from the good folks at Brandeis University. I mean, I, I am have now seen the light. I'm going to cede my you know free will to Brandeis. They, as far as I'm concerned, are the arbiters of all things prudent and moral and unobjectionable in this day and age. And so until I hear from Brandeis, I am not gonna take a position on this. Yeah, well, that's uh, probably good uh, good advice. We'll we'll actually put this out uh, and uh, and see what they uh, what they what they say, and then we'll we'll, we'll probably follow up at a uh, at a subsequent uh, time, maybe once we've uh, mastered a subject. <clears throat> that's not allowed either. I can't yeah, say that because that. the that. words "master," "conquer," and uh, "subject" call to mind the violence of hierarchical dictatorship and colonialism. So we can't. Say that, Brad. Finally, Brad, Barter Band, we're at the end of the segment, the third and final segment, Barter Band. This week, you know, we've had quite an interesting uh, show, a lot of different areas 
that we've we've covered, including the death of Shinzo Abe. Um, but apparently, uh, there is a new uh, activity that uh, the, the uh, city of New Orleans, the state of Louisiana, is trying to ban or bar. Uh, in particular, a woman Zandra Ellis has um, uh, is caught caught up in a throuple. Brad, she's caught up in a throuple. Uh, she has a child with a gentleman who has a child with another woman. So it's a throuple. It's not a consensual throuple, but it's a throuple nonetheless. It's a throuple in fact. It's a throuple in fact, but not in practice. Right. Um, When uh, Miss Zandra Ellis learned of this other woman and the fact that there was a child, beautiful child um, with uh, the same man and was a throuple in fact, then uh, she uh, immediately went to the, uh, went to the uh, the internet and, uh, you know, started uh, uh, doing some research and she found a website called rentahitman.com where uh, she hired a hitman to kill the other woman and agreed to a fee of $1,000 for the hit, which was immediately put on her credit card. She, of course, was arrested shortly thereafter, charged with attempting murder for hire. She could spend 10 to 20 years in prison if found guilty, which she obviously is. Uh, but I guess the question is, Brad, does this rent a hitman, hitman.com, does it, uh, does it, uh, is it something that should be banned or barred or encouraged? Well, I, you know, it's all a matter of perspective is I think what we've learned today, my friend. So, I mean, if you're talking about Thomas Hitman Hearns, yeah. And you're perhaps going to rent him for a birthday party or perhaps a notable anniversary where the hitman himself would show up, maybe sign an autograph, kind of th- show you how to throw a jab, maybe a straight right. I don't know. doesn't matter. I think it's fine. But if you're trying to rent someone to kill someone else, eh, buddy, you may, be, you may be walking across a line there, but I'm not sure we can do any line drawing anymore. I'm not sure if it's wrong to want to kill somebody else and ask someone to do it for. I mean, who? I mean, whose truth are we talking about? Who's who's right or wrong? Are we talking about? Although I would like to say that if you go to a website called rentahitman.com and they ask for your credit card, you may want to start thinking about the sort of trail of evidence <laughs> that you may be leaving as to your intent. I mean, Listen, I would just. It's Listen, a cautionary we, note, but, but it's apparently, a PSA. Apparently, this website—it's a real—it's a real deal. I, mean, I haven't been on it, but it's a real thing. Uh, Renahitman.com. They have actually bred a a customer testimonials page. Um, yeah. So you know you've got you got these customers. Their faces are blacked out here, but Phil mm-hmm. M in Florida. Uh, Guido and his public relations crew at Rena Hitman were able to resolve a five-year dispute I had in a matter of days. Highly recommended. Laura S., Arizona, caught my husband cheating with the babysitter, and our relationship was terminated after a free public relations consultation. I'm single again and looking to mingle. Thanks, Guido and Rent a Hitman. Fernando M. from Kansas. My business schedule is too busy to get my hands dirty with certain human resources issues. So I consulted with Rent a Hitman and they handled my disgruntled employee promptly. Um, Brad, it seems like uh, this may be a little bit more of a widely used uh, uh, tool than either one of us could have even guessed before this, uh, this uh, podcast. Yeah, uh, maybe the name of the website should be changed to getarapsheet.com. 
because as soon as you try this, my guess is going to be, having once been in this position myself, that an FBI agent is going to meet you someplace and purport to be your rent-a-hitman and then is going to clap you in irons and take you on your way. That would be my guess. So, you know, again, as a PSA here at IP Frequently, we advise you against the use of websites titled anything like rentahitman.com. So, I, buddy, on this one, I'm going to go with banned all the way around. They should ban the website. They should ban the practice. You should ban your use of any website like that. All of that banned or barred or whatever the case may be. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm right there with you, bud. I'm right there. And I assume because, you know, again, this woman was eventually confronted at a waffle house by an FBI agent uh, posing as a hitman with the name of ACE. Um, I, 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 <laughs> See again, you show up after, after using your credit card on rentahitman.com <laughs> to meet a guy named ACE. You should just go to jail for that. That's the bottom line. Yep, it's a, a it, it, it's a it's a problem waiting to happen when you wade into those murky waters, my friend. I uh, uh, I'll tell you, this is uh, this has been one for the books. It has, yeah. This uh, this one, buddy, has uh, has been no picnic. <clears throat> regardless, we're gonna we're gonna push through. We're going to try to keep it, you know, down the middle, my friend. And we'll be back in one week's time. No matter what Brandeis University says, here on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome. <laughs>